When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Beaver Sports Podcast, presented by the Fearless Campaign in partnership with Toyota. Here is your host, Ron Callen. Welcome to another edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. I'm Ron Callen, along with producer Samantha Stanley. Now, thank you so much, all of you who have subscribed to the podcast. If you haven't, please do so. You'll get inside information, the big scoop on future podcasts. Well, the weather's turning warmer. And that means baseball is right around the corner. The first game for the Oregon State Beavers in Surprise, Arizona, February the 16th against New Mexico. It's going to be here just like that. Also, on the podcast, you may have heard of the Senior Cheer Squad. Thanks to P3 Health Partners, we're going to talk about the success of the Senior Cheer Squad and meet some of the standouts on that team so stick around here in the podcast and a huge gymnastics meet coming up in berkeley on saturday number two cal and the oregon state beavers a big big victory over brown last weekend sofia esposito the newcomer of the week in the pac-12 for oregon state way to go sofia now last weekend as well the oregon state beavers women's basketball team gets a big win on the road against cal in comeback fashion and then they lost a tough one to stanford and of course in that game tara vanderveer becomes the winningest college basketball coach of all time it was a tough dynamic for the beeves they hung in there but they end up now at 15 and 3 and they're now in the top 25 in the ap poll but now let's talk a little baseball and let's welcome into the beaver sports podcast the baseball coach at oregon state mitch canham mitch thank you so much for spending time with us and as i mentioned this is a great time of year because the transition's beginning to spring sports that includes baseball which is so huge here at Oregon State uh, thanks for being with us I appreciate you having me on I agree what an exciting time of the year and I know the guys have uh, received a lot of credit for the the growth that they've made and what they're prepared to go out and do this year and really it's it's fun going to all the sporting events here we try to go to as many as possible as a family and 
having a whole bunch of people coming up and saying how excited they are for the season, you know, and at the same time, I look around and I go, well, it's basketball season tonight and we're going out for a dub or it's you know gymnastics shoot we try to invite everybody at our baseball camp all the parents to go watch gymnastics last night um or two nights ago and and just say like, how exciting of a place this is for sports well you know to me the, the corvallis family is kind of special you go to a lot of college campuses i don't know there's something about oregon state where family's so huge and uh, you describe exactly what I think people in women's basketball and football feel. Hey, go watch the women play or, or make sure you're at the game Saturday at Reese or that kind of stuff. I agree. There's, um, I don't know if we, we've tried to attend every sporting event possible and uh, excited for the new stands over at track so we can go uh, watch, watch them out there compete. And I know they start here pretty quick. Um, but going out and watching golf and sitting on a green and, and, and cheering those guys on and going out to some of our regattas and watching how hard um, our members of the crew teams uh, compete, um, whether it's basketball or, or soccer. Those are exciting times, and Dolby just had a phenomenal season. Um, and watching Lindsay go out, you know, just getting here and, and compete and watching the development of, of their program, it just may, it is something extremely special. And I've heard, I was at the uh, National Coaches Convention you got 7,000 high school, little league, college coaches, pro coaches running around out there. And a lot of them have said, hey, man, that one time I was out in Corvallis watching, you know, baseball play or a sporting event, how amazing the community was. And I think that's one of the biggest um, pieces to this puzzle is when people come out and experience it, you know, you can really feel it. And somewhere that, uh, I mean, that's why when I went to college here, my dad moved down, my aunt and uncle moved up from NorCal, everyone just started you know, working their way around here because of the the community, the safety, the um, uh, togetherness, the real family feel that you get from being here. And I, uh, you, it's hard not to see yourself wanting to be here forever. High expectations are part of uh, college athletics nowadays. And the preseason polls for baseball, I mean, there's so many different polls now, too. I, I, I can't, I, not on one hand, you've got to go beyond one hand to count all the polls. But uh, the D1 poll, Baseball America, I mean, you guys, um, a lot of people, you've turned a lot of heads regarding this roster and this team, even though you haven't played a game yet. Yeah, and uh, as many as I've looked at, the total is zero. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that we remind everyone daily is get better, right? Get better. Doesn't, it, it wouldn't matter if we were ranked number one, number 10, number 20, or dead last. The, the objective would stay the same, get better. Um, push each other, hold each other accountable, all those things. I, it shouldn't matter how much you make. It shouldn't matter, you know, your, your, your title. It shouldn't matter your location. It shouldn't matter if it's hot or cold. You know, it doesn't matter. Get better. And that's like, hey, how many of you guys are big leaguers right now? Not one of you. All right, let's keep getting better. How many of you guys have, you know, got to hoist that trophy over your head? Whether you did or you didn't, go find a way to get another one or get your first one. You know, it's um, again, it goes into all the little things. You don't want to get distracted. And really, that's just it can be a waste of time sitting there and, and thinking about that. I know that one thing is constant. Every team that comes in here and plays us or every time we go on the road, every team is going to do everything they can to beat us. And so don't get distracted. Don't put any extra pressure on your back. Go out there and do your job and have fun doing it. And regardless of what the last pitch was, the last game, the last inning, the last month, it doesn't matter. Again, get better. Go out and pursue today in this moment. And something that's, 
more and more talked about, you know, mental skills and being in the present moment. And I find the team that's going to be able to alleviate the super highs and the super lows and stay, you know, consistent, those are the ones that win. So we have got to practice that each and every day. And as more, I guess, noise comes in, um, you know, we continue to push it to the side and just find ways to use it as motivation to be better today. How do you like the non-conference schedule as you begin in the middle of next month? And you've got a lot of, I mean, surprise Arizona is not a bad place to start the season. And I think you're going to, to Texas and then uh, California, of course. Um, what about this preseason schedule? There's a couple of games on there that kind of turned my head. Yeah, I think a lot of people are excited about that. Uh, well, A, surprise, because we usually get about 3,000 people traveling down there and it feels like a home game, there's no doubt about it. Um, every team that's come and played us down there love how our fans travel. And, you know, we like to spend time away from the field as well, visiting with, with folks that are down there. Um, I don't believe in walls. I believe in pillars. And that way it provides access for people to see and, and meet our guys. And um, I think it's just great for families, great for fun, great to get the season kicked off and to see some exciting baseball. Um, you know, and a little warmer weather this time of year as we were all shoveling ice <laughs> uh, this last week. Um, but then heading to Arlington, and I know everyone's excited about uh, playing in the big league stadium, playing against Texas Tech, playing against Arkansas, playing against Michigan and Oklahoma State. I mean, we got a great, great couple weeks of competition before we head home and play some more games. So it's, again, it the – the schedule of both conference and non-conference this year is is strong. Um, it's going to be busy now that we have the the tournament. We're playing uh, down in Tucson the last week before the Pac-12 tournament, so it's um, you know that's going to create its own challenges. Solid team, uh, 100 plus degrees every day. How do we go about that? And I think uh, you know as you look being focused one day at a time, you also have to look at the entirety of the picture and how do you prepare? How do you build up? How do you stay? Uh, consistent with our with our work time and when you play a lot it makes it harder to get the team together and practice and so you have to use that pregame time you have to use the time at the hotel or on the buses or the flights uh, and use that time wisely for bonding and for education and so uh, right now as we have you know uh, under a month left until we start the season there's plenty of stuff we have to cover and we're going to stay busy with but we're not going to overload it or panic it's there's a reason we've already built out what we're doing every day up until the start of the season to make sure we have everything covered and we're going into game one confident. You know, I, I know a lot of fans who are really passionate about your baseball program and the team, and they saw the Arkansas, going to play Arkansas. They have memories of 2018, and I know you didn't go full-time as coach till 2019, but that was one of the more dramatic series in college baseball history, just the way it all worked out. Oh, I remember watching uh, the big game in my office in Modesto when I was coaching the Mariners, and I remember uh, having it up on the TV in my office, and our game was going to start, but that game was still going on, and I was like, well, uh, someone else has to go hand the lineup card over, or i got to run out and get ejected real quick so I can get back in and watch this game. I don't want to miss this game. Um, and fortunately, we had won it, so I made our game, and uh, everyone saw the big smile on my face, but it was um, actually, I, no kidding, we were just watching the game here and Larnick hitting the home run. Uh, we had some guests in the office this morning. We had pulled up the game, and 
Zach Taylor was, was taking us through a lot of what was going on. You know, as we were all, I remember we have we have a text thread about 30 of us uh, guys from 06, 07. And during the course, every year we get together and we start talking about what's going on, how excited we are for the team. And I remember that thread just going, you know, berserk and, and how excited we were. And couldn't tell you how many guys had tears rolling down their face of excitement. And um, it's those kind of things, you know, not not just the, the winning, it's, the group and the adversity that you go through and the togetherness and how tight each of the each of the teams that come through here really are and how much they care about the other alumni. Alumni weekend here in the fall is exciting. You got several hundred guys coming out, playing golf, being around the field, uh, tailgating before a football game and just enjoying um, being around each other again. And for the older guys, um, hanging out with the wives and the kids and watching them run around the field and how quick they grow. It's it's a very special place, and I know a lot of places don't have that. Um, and so we are fortunate, and we remind ourselves of that often. You know, what's funny was that, that day of that big game, uh, I was emceeing the Beaver Scramble Golf Tournament in Tualatin. Bud Ossie, who's passed away uh, at the age of 102, uh, he, he put it on every year, and John Rehorn was there, and we're going, we got let's just end this program. And everybody was watching the game. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I don't think that anyone in the country that uh, ever was a part of Oregon State University or anyone uh, ever competed here I, or just heard about Oregon State, I think everyone was tuned into the, to that that series and watching the magical story that happened. I mean, uh, the stuff that Case has accomplished here, and he's going in the Hall of Fame this year, which surprised to nobody. Um, an ama- like just an amazing mentor still, you know, at the diamond dinner this week, <clears throat> we have, uh, Jack and, and case coming and, and, and joining us, uh, again. And I love the history of this place and I'm so just proud of, uh, of everything that's, that's happened here. And I want to continue that tradition on. I, I want to share every, every vision that we have going forward. And I want their input on these things too, because, you know, they started this thing, and it's it's our responsibility to continue pushing forward to, you know, provide access for more fans to show up to the game, to um, bring in the right guys in the clubhouse uh, that are going to inspire the youth uh, in this community and across the country, really, or even around the world. You see, now we have guys from Australia and guys from uh, Canada, Nova Scotia coming over and playing and even when I was at the convention, I ran into a few friends from um, from Europe, and they're big Beaver baseball fanatics as well, because uh, people tune in and they when they constantly see us playing in the postseason in the World Series, you know you can tell by watching the guys play and how they interact in the dugout with one another uh, that it's a very tight group. Um, but you know that was carried on from Coach Casey and the and the staff that he put together and how much they cared about the players that are here in the community and making this thing just continue to excel. Again, I go to the athletic department. We're all very close here as coaches. We all pay attention to each other. Uh, don't be surprised when you see a handful of different coaches in our dugout over the course of the season. Um, you know, as I look up on the wall behind you, I, Coach Pendleton asked if I'd want to come out and join uh, at one of the wrestling matches and how much I enjoyed and learned from that experience. It's like, man, we can learn so much from each other. And 
Plus, it's really nice. I mean, if you have Chris Pendleton in your dugout, and as big as he is and as strong as he is, uh, the other teams tend to look over there and go, I hope that guy doesn't hit. <laughs> uh, well, you know what's interesting? You brought up uh, Travis Bazana from Sydney, Australia, and you've got Micah McDowell from Nova Scotia. I mean, the budget for recruiting, is that up just because baseball is such a worldwide sport now, or is it, hey, you, you get video and then, you, you know, how does that all work? Well, there's there's so much, like, trusting a lot of people around you and their input, bringing people uh, into your attention. Um, a lot of those kids from around the world are traveling in to play in those tournaments over the summer, and so we make sure we get down and get get eyes on them. But a lot of it, like phone calls, you know, I prefer phone calls over text messaging. I like doing I don't love the Zooms. Obviously, we spent a lot of time on those a while back, but I enjoyed doing them just so I can meet the parents, um, mm -hmm. see their facial expressions. Getting them here on campus is probably our our biggest priority, and if they come out to camps, I think it's a great way for kids to you know, show us what they got, and we get to coach them up and see how they respond to some adversity. Um, I think we're extremely selective on how we go about our recruiting process. The character is is the huge part, and they're like understanding their motivation. Mm -hmm. um, if you have high motivation, you have high aptitude for uh, growth and success. And if you have low motivation, there's it's really hard to push someone every day. I'd rather be pulling on the reins and slowing them down because they're going so hard. You look at a guy like Wade Meckler, who came in and. There wasn't a time, day or night, that he wasn't making himself better, whether it was up in the cages or at practice or taking care of his academics or, you know, just grip strength, you name it. How he ate, how he slept. Uh, Case always talked about it. Everything you do, do it like a champion. And that's our vision when you walk in the clubhouse, growing our family of champions in all we do and all that we do. And um, Wade was a great member of this family, and that guy's story is one of the coolest that will ever be shared. I'll be talking about that when, you know, um, I'm beyond like uh, older and retired and whatever. I'll still be telling my grandkids about how amazing Wade Meckler was or Cooper Jerpy or Boyd and even going back into the other guys that are sitting on the uh, wall outside of the office, um, Matty Boyd and Rutschman and, uh, you know, whether it's the guys we played with, George Reyes and Jonah Nickerson or Kevin Gunderson or Darwin Barney. You know, the guys that came before us as well. I think there's just a tremendous respect for all those that have put on the uniform, guys that have played no innings, one inning, ten innings, or every pitch of every, you know, game they were here for. Um, everyone contributed to this place uh, one way or another and has made this place better. You brought up a couple of names. You're sitting at home, middle of summer, flip on the TV. Oh, Stephen Kwan, three for four. He's coming up, you know, and then, then there's Adley Rutschman and the home run derby, that moment with his dad. I mean, these are former Beavers who've just thrived at the next level. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. Shoot, Wade, Wade got up to the big leagues, what, 400 days after he left college, and that's the quickest for anyone to do it. Um, I think that's a lot of what said the relationships. It's the players. They come in here, they push each other, and it, it – Having Zach Taylor around as as a teammate, you could tell having him on staff now, it makes all of us better. You could tell how much better it made everyone else in that clubhouse at the time. And so when you have all these guys, you know, with Ras Rasmussen and Fry and, and Boyd and 
um, you know, Conforto. I mean, I remember the first day coming back in the off season, and I heard about Michael Conforto. I never had seen him. And I'm standing behind the turtle as they were getting going to practice, and this guy walks in the the turtle to go hit, and I go, "This must be Big Mike." And sure enough, he starts swinging. I go, "Yeah, that's him." You know, no one even told me, but you could tell by the way he walked, his presence, and Trevor Larnick, his work ethic, and I mean, there's no doubt he's a monster. He's a big dude. And then you come here in the off season for for professional baseball. And you get to the office at 6 a.m. and Quan's already out there running sprints and doing mobility stuff and playing catch. It's it's amazing. That's why we have a pro locker room for those guys to come back and train whenever they want. Um, and it's exciting to see that they want to come back here and 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 still call this place home and train. So um, it's and and even for the guys that didn't go on and play professional baseball. You know, it's the police officers, it's the firemen. Kyle Novak saying, "Hey, Aaron Gretler, you know, I'm gonna, I'm working to become a fireman right now. How exciting is that? What kind of amazing leadership role is that for their, uh, their community back home? Um, and guys that are coaching uh, in one way or another in, in sport, or guys that are members of their community, family members. Like it's just, everyone's got such a cool story as they come through here. You just sit down and want to listen and be inquisitive, and um, and that's why you do it is because you know." Like, you know you've done a great job. Case knows he's done a great job because he can look at all those guys um, 10 years after they left here, and they're, they're all thriving. It's the Beaver Sports Podcast with Mitch Canham, the coach of the Beavs baseball team. Before we let you go, I, I know the focus is on now, on getting this team going, on having a tremendous season. But this is the finale of the Pac-12. What are your thoughts about that? And moving forward, what would be best-case scenario for this program? I think, you know, I think there's always something that we could look at right now. I've talked to the guys about this situation. What are you guys, are anyone nervous, anyone thinking about it? The reality is no one's even thinking about it. They just want to go out there and win, and there's not added pressure. And, like, well, we have to do this or that. We just got to go do our job. And the next step is going to take care of itself. Uh, but we've been putting – you know, I, I and my side have to put a lot of time into that and make sure we're planning for the future. And um, I know one thing about this community and our program, we are going to continue to try to put ourselves in the best spot possible. Um, obviously, unfortunate, there's a lot of people that are looking at the Pac-12 and the history that have grown up around it. But I could tell you um, every morning I put on a orange and black shirt and it says beavers on it you know it doesn't say anything about conferences that i think there's going to be a lot of um mixing up that goes on over the next couple of years and i think from our end we just have to stay consistent with mm-hmm. how we work how we show up how we treat each other um and trying to put ourselves in the best case possible and if it means going out and scheduling what's the best teams available it means doing that if it means um, you know, uh, the right conference is going to open up an opportunity for us or we're going to continue to grow as a conference and how all that works out over the next couple of years, it's really tough. And I do like to make as many plans as possible. And uh, so if something pops up, we're not in the dark on it and we're not behind. So um, I've been here at the office a lot over break, uh, but uh, it's something that I think, you know, we'll continue to plug away on. Um, I've I've enjoyed the part of reaching out. I've probably talked to 
10 times more coaches and programs across the country than I I had prior to all this happening. And it's good to just understand the landscape. And, you know, I want to take on more of a leadership role uh, on some of those committees across the country and be a voice, um, not just for Oregon State, but for all of collegiate baseball and sport, because I do care about kids getting their degrees. I do care about retention. I do care about um, families being able to see their kids play. And there's so much right now, you just see so much movement going on and and money. And as you and I have talked about the difference between the, the personal and society scoreboard, um, there's a lot of unknowns. We're talking about student athletes that are 18 to 22 years old, and they have never traveled the world. They've, a lot of them don't have funds to get through school. I mean, I walked out of here with a hefty amount of loans as well. And, you know, that also taught me a lot about life and budgeting and the importance of going to class. So there's a, there's a ton that, um, you know, I want to, I want to hear and I want to be an advocate for in the right form to help collegiate athletics and the, the, the thought that's always been here about helping people become better human beings, getting an education, being able to apply that and being good um, husbands, you know, down the road, like what we focus on here. Um, but, you know, before your arm goes dead, I can talk your ear off about a lot of this stuff, <laughs> holding the mic. But um, I just, uh, I, I think that I feel we're in a good spot and we're going to continue to find ways. And uh, the people that come here, uh, I want to show them. People have asked me, well, what's your plan? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And I said, I well, I'd ra rather than talk about it, I'd rather show you. And the best way to do that is, and you can ask me, you'll, you'll see 20 years from now what I'm doing and where I'm going. And there's a reason I hired guys like Gibson and Dorman and Gorton and Wong and Zach Taylor, like Brad Brown, like guys that love this place. And it would take, it would take a lot for them to ever miss an opportunity to be here at work because we're – we're best buds, we're brothers, but we're also extremely hard on each other and we love this place. So it's in, it's in, it's in great hands and um, we'll continue to make sure that this place is where it needs to be. Mitch Canham, a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for spending time with us here on the Beaver Sports Podcast. Thank you for having me, Ron. Stick around. Coming up on the Beaver Sports Podcast, no, Mitch Canham's not eligible yet for the senior cheer squad. But we are going to find out all about it and the tremendous success that's taken place courtesy of P3 Health Partners of Oregon. That's coming up on the podcast. Stick around. Let's take a quick break to talk to you about a great partnership between BECU and Oregon State. Oregon State and BECU have teamed up to celebrate first-generation college students at OSU. The First Generation Campaign will focus on highlighting current first-generation student-athletes and their journeys to Oregon State across the Go Beavs, social channels, game day radio broadcasts, and more. Thank you, BECU, for bringing to life these great stories within Beaver Athletics. The podcast is also made possible by the Oregon State Alumni Association. Find your next mentor. A career opportunity, perhaps. A glowing reference or introduction on the Oregon State University Beavers-only networking platform, OSU Connections. Enhance your Beaver network to advance your career. Get started at osuconnections.org. It's the Beaver Sports Podcast. Ron Callen with you. And I have seen 
the Oregon State Senior Cheer Squad perform. They are fantastic. What's it all about? How did it start? And how successful is it? Well, let's first of all talk to Kaylee Cannon. She's with P3 Health Partners. She's Vice President of Marketing. Is that close enough? <laughs> close enough. <laughs> Hi. Well, it's nice to meet you, first of all. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And nice being here. Tell us a little bit about why P3 Health Partners thought, hey, let's get a senior cheer squad going for OSU. Yeah, well, it was a great collaboration between OSU and P3. Uh, we wanted to create a program that kept seniors active, um, healthy, provided them a community of people. And so that's how we came up with the idea. So get one on OSUbeavers.com waiting to see what kind of interest there would be. What's it been like? So the first year, I believe we had about 89 sign up. Uh, and then the second, um, this last year, we had another 100 sign up. So we're at about 180 strong right now. <laughs> That's pretty good. Now, of course, you're thinking, okay, um, you know, traditionally cheerleaders, there's more females than males, but you look at the cheer squad now, it's like 50-50, mm -hmm. and those guys are strong mm -hmm. and great athletes, both the males and the females. Um, what's the, the gender breakdown? Yeah, we have, uh, we have some, we have, we have both. So, I mean, it's, it's really just people who want to stay active and, and, and meet new people and um, be a part of something. So, how difficult is the choreography? I think I'm eligible, but I don't think I'd be able to do it. I think you and I could both do it. Okay. So, so I, maybe you should join. Who knows? I know. But I'm busy broadcast. I guess I could step away it's for two, a moment. It's like two days of your year, right. you know. So, so uh, what sports do you have that perform at? Is it football only? Or do you basketball as well or what? Yeah, so tonight's uh, practice is for the grandparents' basketball game on Sunday. So everyone should come out and see that. There'll be the halftime performance. And then uh, this last football season, the cheer squad also performed down on the field during our um, game day sponsor game. And that was amazing. It was amazing. I happened to watch them. I thought they were pretty darn talented. This Sunday's game, of course, will be Utah. It'll be 11.30 pregame coverage and then the tip-off at noon. So get there, come see the cheer squad in action. And what goes through your mind when you see them performing? Oh, they're like my babies. <laughs> really. I mean, they are. So, yeah, everyone should come down, come see me. I'll be out front um, with some swag from P3 and... It'll be a fun, fun game. When you pick the music, um, is it played by the band? Is it recorded? And uh, what kind of music? I mean, is there a battle over, hey, I like this song. I like that song. So they took everyone's ages and, and took the average age, and it was the top song of that year. Well, cool. But I can't tell you the song yet. You'll have to no, tune no. in. Well, well, I think you got to come out to Gill Coliseum on Sunday and watch the Senior Cheer Squad. Um, when you watch them performing, what goes through your mind? Are you just kind of proud? I mean, how do you feel, Kaylee? Yeah, I am proud. I think the biggest thing that this program offers seniors is just a community. And a lot of people don't have that. And mental health is just as important as physical health. And so it just makes me happy that they're out there. They're smiling. They're having fun. They've made new friends. Um, the OSU cheer team is great. Great, great to work with. So a lot of them become friends with the, the younger cheer squad, too. So, so, so how many of the uh, members of the senior cheer squad were cheerleaders in high school or college, or do you know? Oh, man, so many, and I've heard stories where they got cut from the cheer squad or, you know, just different stories where now this is their second chance at it and they don't get cut. Everyone's welcome. 
So Kaylee Cannon, thank you so much for spending time with us. May we speak to a few of the cheerleaders? Absolutely. I am so excited to meet a trio, part of the uh, senior cheer squad here at Oregon State. Let's begin with you, your name and where you're from. Nanette Foreman from Salem, Oregon. Okay. Terry Maris from North Albany. Hi, I'm Chris Lloyd from Tigard. All right, let's talk all about this. Let, let's go back to you first. Uh, tell me all about how you got involved in this. Um, I just saw a notice on... I think it was a Facebook notice, and I just joined last year and had so much fun that they asked me to come back. So, Were you a cheerleader growing up? No. So this is your first time cheering? Yes. Officially? Yes. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Now, North Albany is not that far from Corvallis. Uh, do you have any Oregon State ties? Actually, I do. My son-in-law is a, instru- a professor here. Oh, so great. That's how I got involved. It was actually my birthday, and my daughter and I had recently moved here from Texas. And my daughter said, Mom, you need to get involved. And I'm like, well, how about this? And she says, oh, yes, do it. And, and what's it been like? I am loving it. You know, moving here, not having any friends, because I left all my family and friends at home. Meeting amazing ladies that, and we laugh, we you know, cheer each other on. And having a blast cheering the kids on, it's great. Is there a battle over which songs you guys are going to perform? Well, <laughs> our song that we do are... Don't tell me. Don't give away the song. Okay. I'm not going to give it away, but it's we love it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we do the same one. We love it. But we love the cheers that we have gone marching into the crowd with. Nice. We, we've loved it. Everybody's having a blast with it. I saw you guys at the football game, and now this Sunday, of course, at the uh, women's basketball game. And this is your first year, and you're, you're from Tigard. I am, yes. So tell me all about how you got involved. Well, I also saw it on Facebook, and uh, being a dance mom for a million years, uh, did never cheer myself, told my daughter about it, and she said, oh, my God, Mom, you have to do it. Yeah. And so I said, Sure, why not? Sounds like a blast. What's it like to get out there and perform? I mean, in case of the football stadium, you've got 40, almost 40,000 people, and they're watching your every move, and they're having fun watching you. What's it like? Uh, well, I'm going to pretend like they're not there, and I'm just going to find my boyfriend's face in the crowd and just pretend that I'm just doing it for him. Isn't that sweet? Aww. I'm going to have to take you out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. What's the best thing about this? Is it the camaraderie? Is it uh, the fact that this is giving you exercise and keep, keeping you in good shape? I think it's everything, but yeah, it's just like the, it's like a team, you know, it's like a family. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fun. I mean, we've had a blast with the camaraderie yeah. that we've, we've built together, but getting out there, watching the kids, they cheered us on. The At the football game. game. It oh was amazing. Was so I had patients coming up. Oh, I see you. I saw you at the football game, Miss Terry. And I'm like, yes, I know. <laughs> yes, yeah. it did. I don't know how long you lived in Texas, but football's pretty big in Texas. Big in did Texas. you ever do any cheerleading before? No, never. So this is all new, and it's been amazing. But, yes, football. I've, I love college football and sports. So we've come in here and seen how amazing it is to hear. So, had a blast. I've got you guys here real quick at the very end here. You want to, anybody you want to say hi to? Yeah, hi, Heather. She's my OSU alum. Sweet. And you from North Albany? I'm from North Albany. Hello to all my coworkers and my family, my daughter. Right. 
And you? Um, just say hi to my family and go bees. All right, see, that's the way you end an interview. Hey, you three, thank you so much for your time. All right, thank you so much. And that's going to do it for the Beaver Sports Podcast. Yeah, come on out. Friday night, the Colorado game. Sunday with Utah and the senior cheer squad. That's going to be an exciting time. Beaver Nation, thank you for listening to the Beaver Sports Podcast presented by Fearless in partnership with Toyota as the presenting sponsor. Fearless recognizes the excellence of our female student-athletes, educates our community about the many ways OSU athletics and our women's programs have redefined greatness in women's sports, and encourages beavers everywhere to give to the future of women's athletics at OSU. To learn more, go to OurBeaverNation.com forward slash fearless, and thank you to Toyota for helping bring this sponsorship of Fearless to life. We also want to send this next note out to our furry friends who follow the podcast, and there are many. We have partnered with your local Toyota dealers to create the first ever official fan club of your favorite pet, Benny's Buddies. Each member gets an official social media filter, and Toyota and Oregon State will be giving away collars, leashes, treats, toys, and so much more. So sign up your pet today at osubeavers.com forward slash Benny's Buddies. By the way, SeatGeek is a proud sponsor of the Beaver Sports Podcast. SeatGeek, the official fan-to-fan ticket marketplace of the Oregon State Beavers. And now let's go back to the show. Welcome back to the Beaver Sports Podcast. Ron Callen with you, along with producer Samantha Stanley. Wow, the gymnastics team, another incredible season underway. Last weekend, an impressive victory over the Brown University Bears, and now a big trip to Berkeley to take on number two California. Let's welcome in one of the great coaches of the gymnastics team, Michael Chaplin. Michael, first of all, let, let's talk about the, the Brown weekend. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't think we've, they've ever been to Corvallis before. Maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me all about that. But uh, the numbers look pretty impressive. Yeah, so luckily Brown was out, um, and it actually was the second time in a row. They came out last year. Um, we have kind of have a pretty good relationship with Brown now because the head coach is Brittany Harris, our former uh, standout gym here and so she's she's been uh, head of brown for the last two years and and worked it out so that we could get him back out this year it's a great way to kick off our our home opener and um it went great went really really well i was super excited not only with how the team did but beaver nation really showed up the, the stands were were packed again and, and uh, always love uh, having to get to see that for our for our home opener what is that like not that you had small crowds but just to have it packed like that as a recurring theme of the program now. That's one of the things that we've always loved. You know, this is year 27 for Tanya and I, and um, Corvallis has always been a special place, and they've always supported gymnastics, even before we were here. But uh, they come out, you know, when, when we're doing well, any team does well, the the fans will come out and cheer cheer on on a program. And, and certainly we have a lot of fans. It was, it's What's great about our fan base, too, is that they'll even cheer on the opposing team when they see a good routine. They, they apl- applaud just a little, you know, politely and nicely, and, and that's really cool because they appreciate gymnastics and it's a great environment but uh yeah so it's 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 a wonderful place to to be a part of it is a unique sport in the sense that you know if you're not perfect they let you know (laughs) you know i mean and and that's tough because in baseball you make a couple errors so what 
Yeah, and, and that's the funny thing too is, you, and even I've seen baseball where a opposing pitcher will have you 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 pay them respect if they've they've had a great run and many Aaron I mean many innings and and they take them out and the, it, our fans will be like you know they're not like going crazy for them but you can tell that they're they're we have great fans in Beaver Nation I'm super excited about that. Tell me a little bit about uh, Sofia Esposito, the Pac-12 newcomer of the week. Sophia's been is fantastic. We were super excited to get here, her here from uh, Long Island, New York, and that was one of the other reasons we went back to Rutgers uh, our, for our, our second meet of the season uh, to get back in her neck of the woods. But um, she's tremendous. She's an all-around athlete. She's the only event she hasn't made yet is our bar lineup, but uh, she's definitely knocking on the door there as well. Um, but we were super excited to see her her get. Uh, freshman of the of the week newcomer of the week this week and and i think beaver fans are going to really enjoy watching her continue to to shine over the next four years okay michael looking at the numbers uh the progression of you know how you want the team to get higher and higher and higher are you ahead of pace on pace or would you like to see higher numbers now I think we always want to see higher numbers, but but uh, but I would say we're on pace. To be honest, we, we our first two meets were solid meets, but we had to count a fall, and we were sitting there going, "Wow, if we would have hit all of twenty of our routines and I had to count a fall, we would already be hitting the one ninety seven mark." So we knew we were capable of it, and and so we were we were. But we have a young, some young team. We have some new lineups and and some people in and out, and so we felt pretty good still. And it was great to be home and hit all the routines and 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 have that really big one ninety seven five. So I think we're we're on pace to continue that. And like you mentioned, we're going up down to Cal against the number two team in the country. Uh, it's a great opportunity for us to to get a big score down there because those road wins or those road scores are the most important ones you can get. Yeah, and uh, you were ranked 16th last week. Is it still 16th? Where do you guys sit right now? Yeah, we're sitting 16th, and, um, you know, right now they're averaging all the scores. Pretty soon they'll go to the NQS, which they take your three top away and then your next at three at large and drop your high. But that's a good month and a half away before everybody has enough scores to do it that way. So every meet counts. So we'll, we will have to count a, a 195 in there. But, um, but hey, we just want to get a, a, a big road uh, score at, down at Cal, have a great meet, and it's should be should be fun. Jade Carey, of course, everybody loves watching her perform. She's incredible. And uh, the only difference this year with, with Jade is the fact that her dad's one of the assistant coaches now. What's that story like? How's that going? That's going fantastic. We're super excited to have Brian part of the staff now. Um, he he's had tremendous success, obviously, with with Jade coaching and, and being a, a national team member coach. Um, getting him on board has been a, a big up for the program. Uh, he is a, a a low ego, big output kind of guy, you know, and I think he's responding really well to the college world, but he's also helping us and helping Jade prep now for the 2024 Olympics. And so that's why you'll see her roles with, with us a little bit different than in the past where she's doing all around her, all around. Now she's kind of uh, for sure doing two events and occasionally I might do three, but uh, like this weekend she did do vault for us. Um, but it, it's a big help to have him with the program. What is the timetable for a Olympic gymnast to have to be just totally focused on the trials, I guess? Yeah, so that that is definitely the tricky part because um, 
the skills that she's going to have to do at the elite level for the Olympics, it's, it's tw- the routines are twice as long and more difficult. So that's why vault and floor, two of her best events, to do the upgraded, upgrades necessary, she needs to spend extra time on those. And, and you can't really compete that in college because we're all – everybody can has a – I'm going to get technical here, but uh, can get a 10-0 start value, and it's about execution. Her difficulty is so high, it really it's it's hard to throw those skills at the collegiate level because there's deductions that you'll you'll get for them, uh, and, but not the bonus, the difficulty that that you kind of outweighs it once you go to the uh, elite level. Um, but she has to. The Olympics are early. Uh, it's I think they're starting late July, early August. And there's some trial meets that she's going to have to be ready for in in June, May and June. And so our season is over in April. So she definitely has to be tuned up and ready to go for those events as soon as our college season is over, which most people are kind of coming down. She actually has to ramp it up even more. And, you know, if I'm uh, Tanya and Michael Chaplin, you need to be in Paris to consult and help. 100%. One hundred percent. Hey, we you know we we would love to be there and and what, however we can to help out and and we're super excited just to get a shot at at uh, getting Jay back to the to the Olympics and super would be fun to be in Paris. One final thing, uh, going on the road in gymnastics and judging being, you know, you want it to be as objective as possible. How do you prepare the student athletes for the nuances of road performance versus home performance, if there is a nuance. Yeah, absolutely there is. A couple of things that you have to factor in and remind the athletes about. Um, like we saw Gil Coliseum packed, f- almost 5,000 people in the stands cheering for you. There's a certain energy that's involved. Uh, in Berkeley, you're, you're not going to get quite the, that kind of attendance, um, and, and, and no one's cheering for you. So you have to definitely um, keep that in mind. And the other factor is uh, – not worrying about the scoring that is out of your control both those things you cannot control so why worry about them you got to let them let those things go focus in on our performance focus in on just the routine take one thing at a time if you have an issue and it's not something that doesn't go well you let it go get ready for whatever the next event or skill is so there's a lot of prep that goes into getting them ready for for a road meet uh compared to 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 home and base bottom line is you know, worry, worry about what you can control and not about what you can't. You know, Corvallis, the fans are, are so true and, and consistent and, and uh, d- great fans, passionate fans. Is there a road venue that you would say is the most difficult because of similar, a similar, uh, you know, passion? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that um, Utah, which we'll be going there soon after the cal meet uh they have a lot of fans and a lot of passion and so that that's a difficult venue because uh for the most part they're great fans too they'll, they'll cheer and applaud good routines but occasionally you'll run into a few that aren't so great uh, but it's not like the southeast conference where you definitely will run into some people that are, are uh, uh, definitely hometowning and, and yelling at you and maybe not not wishing anything good for you uh but uh so i would say you know the utah meet that we're, that's coming up is going to be a definite challenge because they do have big crowds and and they're a very good team as well and so that'll that'll be a, it, its own thing that we're gonna have to tackle pretty soon it's the beaver sports podcast with uh, olympics olympics gymnastics coach uh, michael chaplin and, and michael before i let you go everybody who's been in the pac-12 or you know on the west coast there's going to be changes because of the disappearance of the conference. I know you're focusing on now, and I mean, you're focusing on Cal, but 
big picture, will it change gymnastics much or not? There'll be some, definitely, we're going to function probably a lot more like baseball, a little more independent. We're not going to be necessarily tied to one conference. To be honest, there's a lot of the schools, uh, the that have left that have been reaching out they still want to compete you know they they don't want to have to travel every single weekend they want those really good home uh west coast meets so we're we're already putting schedules together for 25 and 26 uh there'll be a few new new ones that'll come in which is kind of fun in some ways Mm -hmm. and we'll go to some new places but um luckily for gymnastics it's not going to impact us kind of like some of the other sports it might um we all in terms of getting to regionals and nationals uh the conference championship it doesn't matter that's just more of a feather in your cap uh we'll get a we'll get a we'll get a national qualifying score and from that get seated in a regional spot so um we'll miss the conference aspects but there's some things that who knows coming down the road we'll see what things look like um but it shouldn't impact gymnastics too much with the disappearance of the majority of the the gymnastics teams from our conference Michael, great to see you. Good luck down in the Bay Area against the Bears this weekend. Thanks, Ron. Great to be here. And, and thanks to all the Beaver fans that come out to, to support all of our programs and definitely the, the Beaver gymnast. Michael Chaplin, he and Tanya, I can't believe it's their 27th year. Well, what a great Beaver Sports podcast. Thank you all for listening. And another reminder to please subscribe to the podcast next week. We'll probably talk some women's basketball. Two huge games coming up Friday and Sunday. Colorado, 6.30, the pregame show on the Beaver Sports Network and the tip a little after 7. And then Sunday afternoon, a noon tip, Oregon State and Utah. For Samantha Stanley, I'm Ron Callen. Thanks for listening to the Beaver Sports Podcast. This has been the Beaver Sports Podcast, presented by the Fearless Campaign in partnership with Toyota. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Beaver Sports Network.